I have paralyzed vocal cords, which is why I sound like I do. And um, so I still struggle. Like today, I'm I'm in a little bit of extra physical pain because I didn't eat the way I was supposed to yesterday. I didn't know I was eating wrong, but you know there it was. And that being said, um, every day I have to find the joy, and I have to find the miracles in the day, because if I don't. I can go to a very dark place mentally, and then that, you know, leads to a dark place physically, and it's this cyclical thing. And fortunately, unfortunately, I think many, many people can relate to that now. And for me, food and eating is the one thing that we all have to do. It doesn't matter what age, stage, walk of life, life, background, financial situation, um, ethnicity, culture, whatever, what have you, we all have to eat. And therefore, it should be a joyful experience. It should not be a chore. It should not be a gift. It should not be something that we just constantly are stressed about. And so through my own learning and studies and cooking and watching and coming from a foodie family where everyone was a great cook, and then the advent of Food Network and now YouTube, um, and all social media, I just help people find their joy and confidence in the kitchen. Because when we can make something so basic and... Namaste, sweet souls. My name is Shilpa, and you're listening to the Omni Mindfulness Podcast. I am a mindset and meditation coach for professional women and mompreneurs. The purpose of this show is to offer stories and content that allows you to increase your awareness of your authentic self and be inspired by connecting to the personal and professional stories of other souls. Souls who are walking the walk and living everyday human experiences with inspired intentions. These are the stories that will expand your consciousness and spark within you to ask, what if? Each season, I offer content to help you create a holistic lifestyle that embodies spirituality, mindfulness, mindset, and energy awareness. Through my conversations with experts in their niche area and solo casts from yours truly, my intention is to help you holistically revitalize, reset, and relax your body, mind, and spirit. I'm your host and founder of Omni Mindfulness. So ask yourself, what if just one story could be the catalyst to shift the trajectory of my life? What if I become instrumental in serving other souls to realize their true self? And what if my soul's higher purpose is in the realization of omni-mindfulness joy? It's never too late to rewrite your story. And now, today's episode. Welcome back, sweet souls. This is your host, Shilpa. I wanted to share some exciting news about a little challenge I'm running as I'm trying to get more people to discover this podcast and the conversations that inspire those who value personal growth. And the best way to do that is to leave reviews. You can leave a review on Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts. So my request to you is to leave a review if you feel that you've received any value at all from these episodes of Omni Mindfulness. 
It would mean so much to me if you could write a little review regarding any episode that resonated with you. Please take a screenshot of that review and email it to me at omnimindfulness at gmail.com. In return, I will offer you my one-page guide to spark your meditation practice through Sankalpa. Sankalpa is a Sanskrit word for intention setting. Along with this, you'll receive a link to my guided meditation that will guide you through an intention setting meditation, positive affirmations, which you can practice daily. I guarantee that this gift will help you start a daily intention setting practice with a spark. It is my gift for you for being a listener, being a supporter, and of course, to enable you to manifest the best meditation practice. We are now in the sixth podcast season. Each month, my guests and I explore a facet of how mindfulness applies to modern day living. In April, my guests and I delve into the topic of eco-conscious living. The topic of courage and resiliency is covered in May and wrapping up the season of mindfulness in June with the topic of heart-centered awareness. Stay tuned. And next up is my friend and returning guest, Sarah Doan Peace. Sarah is a speaker, kitchen coach, and joyful life advocate, helping you find joy and confidence in the kitchen and beyond. Sarah has learned to survive and thrive through 35 surgeries and more, including paralyzed vocal cords and PTSD. While growing up in a foodie family, Sarah fell in love with cooking and connecting in the kitchen where she learned how to serve herself and others while gaining confidence through cooking. She now teaches others how to do the same. Sarah's real-world tips, tricks, and adaptive cooking skills along with 25 years of experience as a home cook and personal chef makes her the go-to kitchen coach for joyful kitchen experiences. As a speaker, Sarah shares stories of miracles over mayhem with warm wisdom and authenticity. She holds a degree in psychology and dubs herself, quote, a psychology nerd. Although she was once a PhD candidate, In the psychology field, her passion for speaking and food are her true calling. In her spare time, you can find Sarah trying new recipes, watching cooking shows, cuddling her fur baby, enjoying time with family, laughing, and learning more about how to best serve her clients. Sarah's mission is to help people live a joyful, delicious life with more confidence, connection, incredible food, and gratitude. And now, here is lovely Sarah. Sarah, thank you so much for being back as my guest. You are one of my favorite guests. Thank you so much for having me. It's always an honor and a joy to be here. And I appreciate you coming back. And I'm so excited to be on again. Thank you for having me back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you are such a special soul to me on so many levels. So let's just start by talking about where you're at. The topic is courage and resiliency. Yeah, well, that is my forte. I am a speaker and a kitchen coach and a joyful life addict. And so I spend my time serving others and sharing my story of medical miracle over my and joy over other things, you know, and I am the survivor of 35 surgeries. So I know a thing or two about courage and resilience. So 
that's why I wanted to be on this episode particularly because I really feel like outside the kitchen, those are two things that I'm very, very well versed and and I live every day. Well, and all I've known of you is that you bring only joy to others. You bring such joy and such courage. And as a friend, you've been so kind to me. And so I just want others to know that that kindness is so powerful. Kindness, kindness counts and kindness is super powerful. And I, you know, I have my moments, I'm human like everyone else, but I really believe that kindness is super important that I would raise. I think that there's enough negativity and baloney and drama and unkindness in the world. And so I really take it every day upon myself to be part of the fight and to be kind. Because the reality is that you never know what someone is facing or going through or battling. And your kindness can really make or break, can make their day. And, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, not being kind could break their day. And you just, you never know. You know, we hear those stories of people that are in a public place and they just like lose it, right? They lost it over a sandwich or the wrong order or, you know, whatever. And it's really never about that. Because it was the last, it was like the, it was the last thing that they could handle. It was the last bit of unkindness that they could handle at that very moment. And so I just try and bring joy and kindness because it's not difficult for me. And we all have enough going on in our lives that isn't always necessarily joyful or kind. And for those who do not know your story, just give us a two-minute overview. Yeah. So I'm, I'm Sarah Peace speaker, kitchen coach, joyful life advocate. And mainly my forte is in the kitchen. I show my clients how to have a joyful experience in the kitchen. I take them from stress, chaos, and overwhelm to joy, happiness, and confidence in the kitchen and beyond. I came to find all of that of my own accord when I became a latchkey kid about 30 years ago. And suddenly it was on me to make myself dinner and then for myself, my hardworking mama would, you know, put a roof over and had food on the table. And um, so I had to figure it out. And that was after about, I think I'd had probably 20 of my 35 surgeries at that point. I was born six weeks early with a disconnected esophagus and a missing kidney. And then from there, I just had a bunch of internal anomalies. That's a fancy way of saying I was born pretty messed up on the inside, to be honest, organ-wise, neck down. And to this day, you know, I still am ethnically a disabled woman, even though I don't see myself that way and I don't live in that space. And people are often surprised when I say that, but it's true. I still struggle with chronic pain and I'm missing part of my lungs. I have paralyzed vocal cords, which is why I sound like I do. And um, so I still struggle. Like today, I'm, I'm in a little bit of extra physical pain because I didn't eat the way I was supposed to yesterday. I didn't know I was eating wrong, but you know, there it was. And that being said, um, every day I have to find the joy and I have to find the miracles in the day because if I don't, I can go to a very dark place mentally and then that, you know, leads to a dark place physically and it's a cyclical thing. And fortunately, unfortunately, I think many, many people can relate to that now. 
And for me, food and eating is the one thing that we all have to do. It doesn't matter what age, stage, walk of life, life, background, financial situation, um, ethnicity, culture, whatever, what have you, we all have to eat. And therefore, it should be a joyful experience. It should not be a joy. It should not be a different. It should not be something that we just constantly are stressed about. And so through my own learning and studies and cooking and watching and coming from a foodie family where everyone was a great cook and then the advent of Food Network and now YouTube um, and all social media, I just help people find their joy and confidence in the kitchen. Because when we can make something so basic and and an everyday necessity like food and eating, when that can be joyful, when that can be fun, when the experience of getting the food, making the food, serving the food, and eating it, that's the best part in my opinion. When that can become a joyful experience, everything else is easy. I can't even agree with you more. Just knowing that fact that that daily joy, that daily joy. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. And it's even if you don't cook, you know, I teach people how to cook, but even if you have food delivered or you go out to a restaurant, it should still be something that you enjoy, especially in American culture. In the United States, we have such guilt around food. And I think it's complete baloney because. When we change our relationship with food and, and eating and how we acquire it, get it, serve it, eat it with others, eat it by ourselves, it's life-changing. And as a disabled woman who's still missing part of her lungs and a left kidney and paralyzed vocal cords and a rod in her back with chronic pain, um, I still have to eat. And if I have to eat, it might as well be fun. And it might as well be fun. And I'm not going to feel guilty about it because there's enough up in this world I feel guilty about so yeah that's what I think it's about and I love the way that food brings joy because it crosses culture it crosses languages it crosses border and it crosses it ties in people places generations and it it doesn't matter where you go in the world literally every human on this planet and food can be that language that common language I know you come from India, well, right? You're Indian, right? Which is a beautiful country full of incredible food. Our, our food is connects us. It does. And so, you know, I'm from the state. And so I you could drop me in India and I wouldn't know a bit of language and probably not much of culture, although I'm willing to learn. And I actually love the culture, the Indian culture, but we could bond over. I love the fact that my husband, when we first met, he would be like, everything's about food. Why do we have to connect over food? Well, and he's Italian, so they all, yeah. I'm not Italian, but I grew up Italian with a Sicilian bonus grandpa. And um, I'm actually Hawaiian and German and Irish. Those are my predominant. Uh, oh, you know that Hawaiian? Yeah, I'm Hawaiian. I just don't look it. I, do. um, I did not know that about you. And actually recently... Um, I, I am learning more about Hawaiian food because I don't know it. Yeah. So I want to know more about, um, the Hawaiian side of my family. My father and his entire side was Hawaiian. I'm actually first generation mainland in my family. And so I've just started looking up Hawaiian food and Hawaiian recipes. And I'll be honest with you, it's a cuisine 
that I don't know much about. But I'm so excited because I'm having the courage to try it. And that's the thing about the kitchen. There's so many life lessons in the kitchen. And we can find courage and resilience in the kitchen. Would it be all right if I gave you an example? Yes, you know, I adore you. Okay, I adore you too, Shepa. This is so fun. So courage in the kitchen looks like this. I don't know what the heck to make for dinner, but ooh, this dish sounds really good. And I've never made it before, but I kind of know what I'm doing, sort of. Let me go and try and make it. That takes courage. Okay, every time you walk into your kitchen and you try to make something that you haven't made before, that's good, right? And like anything else in life cooking, whether you're making scrambled eggs or, or a big feast, right? It takes courage. Now, maybe the feast takes a little more courage, but if you don't know how to cook at all, making those scrambled eggs takes courage. And it also takes resilience because sometimes things don't turn out the way that you planned, like in life, right? That happened in the kitchen too. And so you just either add a little more salt or you add a little more sugar or you add something else or, you know, worst comes to worst, it goes in the trash and you call the pizza delivery guy. And that's resilient. And so courage and resilience can be found right there in your home, right there in your kitchen. And I love that. Absolutely. You're so spot on. I just realized I love cooking. I mean, too. And yeah. I know you love it. What do you like to cook the most, Shilpa? Oh, you know what? I'm I'm one of those people who loves to cook everything. Me too. Yeah, I, there's Me no too. there's no limitation. So recently, because I had a guest on my podcast who specializes in brain health, and nice. talked about coconut and coconut oil, and that it's very very helpful. It's so so good for the brain, right? It is so good, but it's really good for the brain. So I I started to recently work on noodles and coconut oil. That is so interesting. I love that. And and coconut milk. Coconut milk. I was gonna say. So do you get the flavorless coconut oil, or do you use the flavored coconut oil? I try to experiment with the flavors. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun, fun, fun. Noodle. It's so much fun. All of those flavors are fun. And they are fun. There's no limitation to what I do when I cook. The day before yesterday, I did chopped up sweet potatoes with peas. Yummy. Ooh, delicious. And lots of turmeric. Mm. And um, turmeric is so healthy. It was so delicious. And on the side was uh, turmeric rice. That's delicious. Turmeric is so yummy. It's so good for you. I enjoy experimenting. Here's the funny thing. You and I have only met once. Yeah, once in person. But you and I will meet again. And when we do, we'll cook. We will cook. And maybe we will do an episode on your YouTube channel because that would be awesome. I love, I genuinely love to cook with people and for people. Yeah. And that also takes courage because it takes courage for the person cooking and also takes courage for the person eating it. Because they have to be willing to try your food, right? Courage is something that, to be honest with you, I have been told by many people. And I'm not patting myself on the back by this at all. But I've been told by many, many people that I am one of the most courageous people that they've ever known. And 
I don't take that lightly. I think that's one of those things where sometimes you shouldn't listen to what people say about you. And then sometimes you should. And I think like when someone is, when you're hearing something, particularly in, about yourself and the truth for everyone in stereo over and over and over again, you should maybe like pay attention to that, right? Yeah. And for me, a lot of people, when they hear I've had 35 surgeries and I'm still here, that's, that's pretty freaking courageous. And, and I'll agree with you. But I think what's more courageous is people who have been through worse things and different things because I've had medical trauma and medical issues, but I know people that have had, you know, far worse medical problems or they've been homeless or they've been put on the street or they've been in highly abusive relationships or they grew up in abusive households. And I apologize if I'm triggering anyone, but the point is that every single person on this earth, especially now post-pandemic in the last three years, We've all been through a lot. And so sometimes the most courageous thing we can do is simply get out of bed. Yeah, I, but I, sometimes I, the most courageous thing we can do is get out of bed. Oh my God. I, that's so true, right? Sometimes yeah, getting out of yeah. bed is the hardest part. It is. And I think that people often equate courage with big, massive accomplishments or jumping out of an airplane or, you know, being the best of the best at the highest in your chosen career or job or whatever, right? But I find that courage is the little things that happen, like getting out of bed, like being kind, like not letting the world end disappointment and failure. Being being kind I, is so courageous. It is courageous because I think it's really easy, quite frankly, to be jaded, to be cynical. You know, I'm 39, I'm coming up on 40. And I realized in the last couple of years in my late 30s that I think the older we get, the better it gets, but also it gets harder to be not. And so, yes, kindness is courageous. Not being cynical is courageous. Not being jaded is courageous. Continuing to bounce back, that's the resilience part, right? Continuing to bounce back, continuing to find your way. I went out to dinner recently with a friend of mine here in Vegas, and she told me a story about something that she had just gone through in her life. And it was just this, it was the end of a chapter in her life. And I won't go into detail out of respect for her, but it was a very sudden, painful, quite frankly, cruel, cruel, end of a chapter of her life. And she just came through it with such courage, such grace, and such resilience. And as she was telling me this story at dinner, I just thought, that's courage, that's resilience. Because to be honest, if I'd been in her position, I wouldn't have gotten that better for a days. Or maybe I'm, to be honest, it was very jarring and very sudden. And I, that's courage. You know, um, six years ago, my mother was literally run over by a truck at a stoplight by a drunk driver. And she gets up every day. And by the grace of God and the miracle of Jesus and, and angels and 
probably her mama who's on the other side, who I believe is our guardian angel, um, and a lot of prayer. She's there. And she gets up and she keeps going. And so I get a lot of that courage and resilience from her. You know, as a mother, her having a very sick daughter like myself, um, to keep raising, to keep going, to keep imparting all that motherly wisdom and morals and values, even as I was so sick and quite frankly, Shilpa, <clears throat> until I was genuinely about 18 years old, <clears throat> um, it was really touch and go. We didn't know if I was gonna survive. And if I did survive, what quality of life I was going to I've had to relearn to talk. I've relearned to walk. Um, I've relearned to bathroom, quite frankly. Um, I've relearned so much and that's great courage, but I, and yes, it's within me and it's by the grace of God, but it's also who you surround If you surround yourself with courageous people and resilient people and people that you admire and respect and look up to, then having that courage and resilience within yourself is so much easier. And fortunately, I've always been surrounded by really equally courageous, resilient people. And, you know, let's put aside the trauma and the drama, because not everything is right. There can just be lightness and goodness and joy. So something I did that I think was super courageous is I went to New York City by myself seven years ago. And I loved it. But man, that took some courage to put myself on a plane, fly across the country, and go to NYC Manhattan by myself. That was pretty dang courageous. And I don't have the courage yet to leave the country by myself. <laughs> I'm not that courageous yet. Maybe eventually, but I also don't want to go alone. So, you know, that's the other thing about courageous. Being courageous is, you know, sometimes you're courageous alone, and sometimes you get to be courageous. With, and I think that's even better. What I do you think? I can just hear the, the amount of energy you took on your end. Yeah. And those steps mm -hmm. are amazing. Mm -hmm. I mean, well, and yeah. It's not. It's not. It's not easy. Um, but it doesn't have to be hard. It just it just doesn't have to be hard. But people have to know your journey. Give them the three minute overview of how much you've gone through. So I was born with something called Bader syndrome, which is an acronym with a bunch of letters in it. And it's, it's B-A-T-E-R, and it stands for different things. And um, basically, it's when you're born without things being correct at the time of birth. So a messed up esophagus, a messed up kidney, a messed up back, um, a messed up connection between, a messed up connection between your esophagus and your trachea, your trachea is what allows you to breathe. And I was trached, I had a tube in me, two and a half years, put down my throat, that helped me breathe, and that's why I sound like that. So You couldn't eat. Like, I, no, I couldn't eat. I couldn't eat, you're correct. I tell that story, you know, I don't want to give it all away, Joe, but, but my vocal cords, um, I sound like this because I had a tube in my throat that helped me, that helped me breathe. 
most people that have a tracheotomy for that long, two and a half years, don't have a voice at all. They're entirely mute. And I'm not. But my voice is different. And it sounds different. And so for me, it takes courage to speak in front of people, to come on this podcast, to put myself out there. Ironic part is that you are one of the most prolific people I've ever known. Prolific. Well, thank you. Um, I, I was talking to someone the other day and they said that, um, I was telling them what we do with, with, with Holly Minosi's group in the Soulful Speaker Incubator. And Holly Minosi is a body language expert, storytelling coach, TEDx coach. She is amazing. She's a mentor of ours. That's how we met. And if anyone is looking, if they're a female or an entrepreneur, or want to be on a TEDx page, Holly Minosi is a good person for that. But I was telling this person that I'm a public speaker. And they said, they looked at me and their mouth dropped. And they said, you've got to be kidding me. I would be terrified. I would never have the courage to do that. And that was the exact word, courage. And I thought, it is pretty courageous. And here's an interesting fact about public speaking. Most people, I don't have a statistic in front of me, but most people would literally rather die than speak in public. Yeah. And I don't know, I've always liked it. And I've always found it to be empowering and exhilarating. Yeah. Because my theory is that if you're not serving people by sharing your expertise, your passions, your knowledge, and sometimes your story, then what's the point? Because by you being courageous and by me being courageous, we can help motivate others to be courageous. And courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is being scared out of your wits then and doing it anyway. Favorite, one of my favorite, one of my personal mottos in life is do it scared. Do it scared. You just do it scared. Do it scared. Um, now, of course, I don't mean life-threatening, stupid stuff. Like, if you're going to jump out of an airplane, airplane, you know, take some classes first. Maybe get a jumping buddy. Get an instructor and make sure you make darn sure your parachute works, right? Like, I'm not talking to reckless and dumb. But when I got into speaking three years ago, speaking, public speaking found me during the pandemic. And I found this gift and I found this passion. And it's so weird, right? Because I have these paralyzed vocals. A very different voice. I don't even hear a different voice. All I hear you is all I hear is Sarah, passionate Sarah. Oh, thank you. And that, I love that. Thank you. That means the world to me. And yet, it is different. And people listening to this episode have never heard my voice. They're going to be like, "Whoa!" And to be honest with you, Shelpa, I get a lot of crap for it. I still get questions. I still get bugged. I still get assumptions. And that goes back to why I'm so kind. I've been on the receiving end of people being very mean about my comments. I get comments like, why don't you go home? Why are you out here? You sound awful. Why do you talk like that? You need some tea and honey. You shouldn't be out. Like, that's why I'm so kind. Because I've been on the receiving end of that. And it takes good for anyone to put themselves out there. And especially when you're different. And especially when you sound different. But one of my favorite quotes is 
by Eleanor Roosevelt. It's a very popular quote. And she said that you gain strength, courage, and confidence by every experience in which you really stop to look fear in the face. You must do the thing which you think you cannot do. And for most of my life, I thought I can't speak in public because of this voice, because it's quiet, because it's different, because it's raspy, because I don't have all my lungs, because for all of the training, know-how, breathing, and everything that I could do and study, it's still my voice. This is what I'm working with, right? And so I didn't think I could do it. And yet I tried it and I loved it. And now I'm a speaker. And I put myself in front of people to show them how to be courageous and confident in the kitchen. The joy of my life. Yeah, you're so good at it though. Thank you. I mean, Thank you. And I love people that are willing to be. And that's that's why I have you on my show. Can we talk about how I want to take a moment because I know we're kind of all over the place, but um, one of my passions aside from the kitchen is, and, and, and I call myself a joyful life advocate because in addition to the physical issues, I've also struggled with the mental health issues like millions and millions and millions around the world. So if you'll indulge me for a moment, can we talk about that? Okay. I think it's really pertinent because, you know, like so many other people, I struggle with depression and I do have PTSD. And I mean, who wouldn't have to expect it, right? Like, come on, that's, that's the real thing. Um, and for me personally, dealing with my physical health is much easier, maybe because I've done it for a lot longer, you know. But when you deal with mental health issues or you're depressed or you have PTSD or anxiety or whatever, what have you, and you keep going and you get up. And sometimes, like we said earlier, getting up is the most courageous thing you can do. And sometimes taking a shower is courageous. And sometimes calling a friend when you really, really just want to isolate yourself. When you really don't want to talk to anyone or be a part of anything and you reach out. Or if someone calls you or texts you or sends you a message, you respond. That's courage. And in doing that, you're also building your resilience because I feel like, particularly in the last three years since the pandemic, so many people, it's been such, you know, whatever fence you're on, whatever side of the fence, you know, politically, and I don't ever talk politics and I never will. But the reality is that the world literally stopped. The whole freaking world came to a screeching halt. And that messed with everyone's head. Whether you're in a dark place or a good place or you are unequivocally in a different place now, no matter what. And so we're coming out of this pandemic and life is kind of resumed, you know? But it's such a different life. And it changes every day. And so just trying to keep up with that is resilient. And if you have mental health issues, like so many people I know, more than I don't actually, then dealing with that and remaining kind and remaining a part of life and kindness and joy 
and relationship with people. That's really damn courageous. Yeah, absolutely. And the more courageous we are, the more resilient we are. Yeah, and those two concepts are are intertwined. That's why I wanted you on this podcast. They are so intertwined. It is, and and it's in every walk of life. And you know, you you embody those concepts so deeply. I want people to go back to listen to the past podcast about your journey because yeah, it's not an easy journey that you've been on. It's not, and but I don't live in that story. Yeah, you know, it's only when I tell it that I'm like, oh my god, whoa, you know, because I'm more concerned. I call myself a joyful life advocate because I want one. I want joy. I want happiness and I want others to have joy and happiness because yeah because we we should I absolutely embody the principles of joyful living and you absolutely do you do I, and I adore you so okay you're gonna be back on my podcast thank you so much thank you for being my guest for those who want to find you so I am on Instagram at Sarah Don't Peace that's there with an H uh D-O-A-N-P-E-A-C-E, like inner peace. And I, I'm really passionate about helping people find the joy and confidence and courage and resilience in the kitchen because it helps me stand in my peace. And I also want to bring that to people. You can also find me on Facebook. I have a page called Therapy Speaks. And then I have a Facebook group that's private that if you want to invite, all you got to do is on Facebook or Instagram. And then, um, I'm in the process of writing a cookbook that's going to come out later this year. And it's going to be kind of a cookbook, kind of a memoir, and all that good stuff. So I've got a lot of good things in the works coming down the street. And I just have to say, Shofa, that the work that you do is so important and pertinent to people having a peaceful life and a good life and a joyful life. Because you also embody that with your meditation, the way that you help people, the way that you're a mompreneur. I love that. And so I would encourage anyone to, you know, be a part of your world and keep listening and to follow you as well and myself because we are really good resources to have in your back pocket if you're looking for a more joyful life where you can garner and cultivate your own courage and your own resistance because that's what it's about. It's about serving others, popping them up, helping them feel less alone so that we can all have a more joyful evening. So thank you for having me. Thank you for being on my show. Likewise. My pleasure, my friend, and I look forward to being back. Thank you so much. Thanks again for tuning in. Check out the links in the description and please subscribe, follow, and share and continue to practice Omni Mindfulness.